1: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Hi there. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast for women to share their birth experiences. On this episode, I'm going to chat to you about my experiences with birth. So I'll just give you a little bit of a background um, intro. So my name's Corinne, I'm married to Sean. We've been married um, two and a half years, just over two and a half years, and we have two children. So we have Oliver, who is two in a couple of months' time, and we have Eva, who is seven weeks. Um, we decided to start trying for a baby pretty quickly after we got married. So we got married in September, and by December, I was pregnant. Um, we had gone on all the lovely holidays, and we had our house, and everything. So we said we'd give it a shot, and we were successful first time around, which we were shocked with shocked about but delighted at the same time so I was tracking my ovulation just using the apps on my phone and I was checking my temperature um, and then when we had that five-day window um, we got to it and we were yeah we were successful so we went to my GP really really early it was like three weeks we were just excited and didn't really know like what the protocol was but we went in and um, my GP confirmed it and then we went up and to the coom and got our scans we went semi-private um with Oliver so everything was fine there was no issues at all I had like mild nausea I really didn't have many complaints apart from um just feeling sore so I felt every muscle stretch in my tummy it was quite painful and I was working in retail at the time so I found it I definitely found it a bit of a challenge um and I just I I didn't cope well but I just felt like I was heavily pregnant even when I was like 16 weeks or something. I just really felt um, heavy. My stomach was really sore. My hips started to get sore. So um, I didn't really, uh, apart from that I didn't have any issues. Um, every scan, a 20 week scan, obviously super anxious um, and our first one as well. But everything was fine. The midwife was really reassuring. Uh, that was great and then we just continued on with our appointments. Um but at about, Sean was, it was, oh, oh. <laughs> so I have Eva with me, who is on my lap, having a snooze. Um, anyway, sorry. So I started having, um, I started losing my plug at about like 34, 35 weeks. Um, and I started having Braxton Hicks at 20 weeks. So I was used to them. Uh, they weren't painful. They were just like tightenings, notable tightenings, but not, nothing painful. Um. But when I started losing my plug I started getting um, what I would consider like Much stronger Braxton Hicks Verging on painful um, And Sean was away with work He was at the Galway races And I went to It was the end of um, July And I went to the hairdressers Just to get the cut before the baby came And that's when I had my first Surge Like I, It was noticeable And I actually felt like I was being really rude to the hairdresser But I couldn't speak to her I didn't know what was going on um, I just I didn't want to stand up I didn't want to move so I had a couple of those and then I went home I was staying at my parents house just in case um, I went into labor and I wasn't on my own so I that night I had um regular surges uh, but they again but they weren't painful so I rang the coom and I asked her and she said things are obviously starting but if they're not painful then you've nothing really to worry about just uh, when if they do progress just start timing them and then give us a call back so at this stage I had notified Sean so i gave him, given him a call the two of us got no sleep out of excitement um, but they disappeared then about 7 o'clock that morning the, the following morning so this kind of continued over a couple of weeks um, and Sean had gone away on a couple of occasions in between that uh, and then he about 38 weeks he came back and we were just—he was on his way home from work when the evenings, and I was like, "Okay, I can, I can." There's something going on. So about eleven o'clock on the Wednesday, they really started. So they were, at this stage, they were starting to get um, painful. Don't like using that word, but they were, um, but they weren't really progressing. So they continued all day Thursday. Um, I went for a walk up town with Mum just to see if we get things going. I stopped at a subway and I got a foot long subway. <coughs> And I ate that when I got home, which is, I wouldn't usually eat a long subway, but for some reason I had a hankering for one. Um, And then, Sean came home from work that night, and it was, I could tell it was go time, like it was really progressing at this stage. So, we just went with it all night, so we just, I was on the ball, up and down the stairs, in and out of the bath, and then we rang the coom, and went in at 9 o'clock on Friday morning. So we went in, and she basically said that I wasn't dilated at all, but I was... Um, more than welcome to stay, which I was surprised by, being a first time mom and the fact that I wasn't dilated, I was I really thought I would have been sent home. But she said, No, go for a potter around and we'll get you a bed ready. So that's what we did. Um but they were getting really the surges were getting really, really strong. So I was walking around the car park and I had to stop, obviously. Um with every surgery I had to kind of let it pass but I was mortified, I don't, didn't ever remember and still haven't seen a woman in labour walking around the car park Um. so yeah that was fine went in, had a cup of tea um, and then we went back up and I was brought to my bed um, and introduced to the midwife who was lovely uh, at this stage they'd started to get pretty intense and I, I, when I didn't really know the level of pain that, um I thought like that was it what, what I was going through then I thought okay it actually can't get any much worse than this little did I know um so I was checked a couple of times and I, I, I was like the level of pain I was in I thought okay yeah I'm eight nine centimeters but when they checked me and um, I was actually only three centimeters after a couple of hours so they gave me some pethidine just to kind of chill me out a little bit because um, they couldn't give me gas and air. It was too early. So the pethidine, I think I got about 20 minutes sleep, but it kind—it of, relaxed me. So it let things crack on a bit. Um, and then the midwife checked me a final time before the end of her shift and that broke my waters. So, but I was still only um, three centimetres at that stage. So yeah, there was a shift change there. I just, I, w- I wasn't coping. I didn't really... Um, I wasn't prepared for the level of pain that I was in and but then the other midwife came in and she introduced herself and I just I couldn't I couldn't speak to her I couldn't understand like how to deal with the pain at all they just kept telling me to go for showers and I did um, and it did help short term but it got to the stage where I was on like my fourth or fifth shower and I just couldn't do it anymore Little did we know at that stage, I was actually eight centimetres dilated and the midwife didn't know because there was a mis- miscommunication, the handover, the first midwife forgot to tell um, the current midwife that I had that my waters had broken so she wasn't expecting me to be as dilated as I was either. So I was standing in the shower, um, eight centimetres dilated and I remember ringing the bell because I, I couldn't really stand and I had started having like a show and I had it in my hand because I didn't know what to do with it and... I, the midwife came and she said, yeah, is everything okay? And I was like, I have this. And I just showed her and she's like, okay, um, how many, how, how many centimetres died are you? And I said, three. And she said, oh, you're fine. But we didn't know that I was eight. So I came back out and I got myself dressed and I was on the bed and I just said to Sean, I said, listen, I need you to go get the midwife again. And he's like, I've just, I've just spoken to her. I said, "You, yeah, but I need her again. I just felt like my legs were shattering into pieces to be honest I was standing up because I couldn't sit down I just couldn't get comfortable but I just felt like my legs were breaking and that's the only way I can put it um, and I think it was because I was so tense as well and I was the only one as far as I was concerned I couldn't hear the rest of the labour ward but I felt like I was the only one making noise everyone else in my ward was actually there for a c-section and um, so I was just really self-conscious so the midwife. Um, did come down and she checked me and she was she's like you're eight centimeters. Uh, so I was delighted. I was thrilled because I was in so much pain that I, if I wasn't, I would have been like, give me an epidural. Um, but at that stage, sorry, I should have mentioned I couldn't have an epidural. I went to see an uh, anesthesiologist, um, because I have a implant in my back between L four and L five, um, called a Wallace implant. So I wasn't eligible at the time to get an epidural. I was. I was planning on getting um, a remy pump uh, but it didn't transpire anyway I'll tell you more about that in a minute so yeah I was 8 centimeters dilated so um, the midwife made her way out back out to the, the ward and um, I was told that there was no rooms available uh, but then after a few minutes of chat with another midwife she came back in and said okay we're gonna bring you up. So I started walking up the ward and I was dripping blood all over the like a trail of blood behind me and I didn't know at this stage and I stopped um mid-surge outside the assessment unit. And again, it's not something that I would have done consciously, but I was then after thinking afterwards, there's women sitting in there and they're heavily pregnant, or a neighbor and they're looking at me. Um Probably a pool of blood underneath me, standing there in the middle of a surge. So that wasn't very pleasant, but I knew that they were just busy and that they were looking for a room for me. So I got to the top of the the ward, and the two midwives had a chat, and I was sent back down again to my room, which was at the the opposite end um, to the bed, just to be checked, just to make sure that I was eight centimeters because there was another woman in the same position as me, and they asked me did I need to push, and I said yeah because I started feeling the urge to. Um, and again you're not aware of this feeling until it starts you know you're not, you don't just say yeah and not mean it you know when, you, when your body's telling you to push there's absolutely nothing you can do about it so I walked back to the bed got up on the bed and she checked me again she said yes. Yeah. so they came down with a wheelchair and flew me up to the room and at this stage I actually thought Oliver's head was coming out I thought, it felt like I was sitting on his head so they got me into a room the end of the room with the, with the birth pool So, ideally, I would have jumped into the pool, but at this stage, it was just too late. And it was, I felt like, um, not that it was a bit of panic, but I I, I felt a little bit like a little bit of a rush, as in, all of a sudden, I was in labor and we didn't know like 10 minutes ago. Sorry, all of a sudden, I was about to have Oliver, and 10 minutes ago, um, I was on the labor ward. So, um, the midwife, her name was Ailish or Eilish, and she was just gorgeous. She was exactly what we needed at the time. And we were both. Sean was obviously nervous. Didn't know what was going on. The two—it of was a little bit of panic stations um, because the two of us were completely freaked out. Um, but she was just so calm. Uh, she was in and out of the room, getting everything ready because we were—we kind of knew that there wasn't the room wasn't really set up. Um, because she was looking for stuff, but she completely calmed us down. She turned music on in the room. She told me to hop on the toilet, and I was like, I don't need to go to the toilet. But now I fully understand why, because it really helped. I think. It helped open me up and get Oliver down a little bit further and um, I was on all fours I was on the bag um and it was there was like a swing as well that I could like put all my weight on and that was brilliant um and then they got me up onto the bed so yeah I was up on the bed I'd say for about 10 minutes um before I pushed Oliver out um they like they, they asked me to put my hand down so I could feel all of his head which I did and I loved because it kind of mo- motivated me um, but it, he was out with, within a few pushes um, I could feel I could really feel my tear so I had a second degree tear and I could really really feel that as way they say the ring of fire and the sting I really really felt that um, And but like there was immediate relief once he came out and I didn't even think whether it was a girl or a boy I was just like it, he just came up onto my chest put my hand on his bum and I just lay there for about ten minutes and then he latched on straight away and stayed there for about forty minutes. Um but in between that, um, one of the doctors had come to stitch me up, and I have to say that was the worst part about the whole thing was putting the local in. That that was just that was excruciating. But then once that was in, she stitched me up, I didn't know any different. Oliver was feeding away, Sean and I were just sitting there together staring at him. So that that passed really quickly as well, and then I got to I just got up and had a shower, um, which was so nice. It was lovely to be able to do that, um, because I know women who have had epidurals or sections they can't do that, and that's something that I really wanted to be able to do as well because I love I love getting up in the morning or shower just makes me feel better immediately, um, but the only thing about the shower was there was a little mat on the ground which was supposed to obviously which was there for when you get out of the chair when you're wet but it was like a murder scene so there was blood everywhere because I'd obviously just given birth and Sean actually came in thankfully and cleaned it up I think I don't know whether I don't know who had Oliver to be honest the midwife must have but he came in and cleaned it up because I obviously couldn't bend over but I was mortified um because it was such a mess and we didn't want to leave it like that uh, but I came out then and sat in the wheelchair and we brought Oliver down to back down to the ward but we obviously had our tea or had our coffee and toast before that which was lovely um but we the midwife actually brought us down to the ward which is lovely and she sat there talking to us for about 15-20 minutes um yeah and I I actually still hadn't slept so I hadn't slept really since the Wednesday and it was now Saturday morning um it was about three o'clock by the time we got back down to the ward so Oliver was born at 10 oh my god at about one o'clock on the Saturday morning, I don't know why I can't remember that. Um, yeah, so we're back on the board about three o'clock and we just sat there staring at him, just couldn't believe it and we just like looking at his little face, his ears, his nose um, and then I told Sean to go home at about half five in the morning because he would have been wrecked and I wanted him up again in a couple of hours. If so Oliver just fed constantly, which was great, um, no problems latching at all and I really enjoyed it. Um then the next day when Sean well sorry that following that day when Sean came up later on he was like you're white and it was due to the lack of sleep I think so he just had a word with one of the midwives and said is there a room available because we were semi-private so thankfully we got a room Um, so we decided I decided to stay there then for the three nights so it was really really nice to be able to have that space um, but I still didn't sleep um, but it was lovely when family family came up and they could stay that little bit longer. And Sean got we got a takeaway one of the one of the nights, um, and Sean would s- could stay the whole time. Like we didn't have another baby at home, so it was we weren't under pressure to get home to anyone else. Um, but I still I just couldn't sleep. So the night that I went in there, which would have been I went in the Saturday, so that's Saturday night. Um, it was obviously night two. Was it night two, for Oliver? sorry, it would have been Sunday night, so it was night two for Oliver, so we have, like, night two can be lots of feeding, you know, they don't necessarily want to sleep, they just want to be on you, which is fine, but it can be really overwhelming, especially if you haven't had any sleep. So I called the midwife in, and I didn't understand at this stage, and I was just like, he won't, he won't sleep, and I really needed sleep. Um. So she said, okay, I'm going to do something that you're not to do at home. So she popped Oliver in beside me, and pushed the crib right up, and she said, I'll be in and out to you. So I'd say I got it, I got I got a couple of hours I got what I needed anyway and I woke up and Oliver was in the the crib so I was delighted with that just to have just to know that she was going to be coming in and out as well um, yeah so those few days were I was just on such a high I, I really I had a really good experience with like birthing the labour I wasn't obviously too fond of but, but birthing Oliver was great I had no complaints whatsoever it felt amazing Um, to be able to do it um, drug free as well I think when I I actually asked the midwife when I was literally pushing Oliver out is there any chance of getting that Remy Fenton pump and she just she um, entertained me by ringing the the um, anaesthetist she entertained that and he came down as well and he kind of said listen you're you're nearly there you can we can set it all up but by the time we do you're probably gonna have had the baby so I said okay so no I didn't just say okay I, d- I was obviously it like okay let's get this done um so but we did anyway so and the midwife I really appreciated this she said let's just keep this all natural so she let the cord um drain and everything before she could it so loved her um yeah so then we went home after so we were home on the Monday um And so excited but a really stressful drive home because Sean had an interview the day we were coming home um, and there was loads of traffic on the N7 so I was sweating sitting in the back of the car with Oliver because we had Oliver in the car for the first time. Sean was trying to get home to an interview so Sean literally dropped me at the door, ran upstairs, got changed and came down and mum was there thankfully. And So he went and did his interview and then came back and told us that he had been offered the job on the way home so it was... A brilliant day um yeah so the following two weeks we i pretty much didn't sleep and i had the light on in the bedroom I just, I just couldn't relax um with oliver i was just so nervous he fed he fed really well um but he started showing signs of colic really early on and um, so he couldn't um his bowel movements were really irregular um. So he actually went eight days without a bowel movement, um, and he couldn't pass wind. So the poor chap was uncomfortable a lot of the time, um. So we did everything. We just YouTube googled, uh, googled all the videos on YouTube of how to um help him pass wind. So like we did the bicycle legs and massages, and it did help. Like every time I changed his nap in the middle of the night, I would do everything I could to help him pass wind, and it did help. Um, but no, he like he never he didn't really nap and um, he'd have little cat naps and he was awake a lot during the night which is expected for a newborn Um, but that was fine like I loved it I didn't have another child like after so I literally just sat around feeding him going for long walks then I'd stop at a bench I'd feed him and we'd walk on so it was actually lovely it's just him and I um and then at about four months so sorry it, the breastfeeding journey was fine I had no problems whatsoever. Um, I did like follow the book at the start and fed him every three hours, but then I just felt like it was easier just to feed on demand, which is what I did. And um, but then at about four months, I started feeling really, really, really tired. Um, even though he was sleeping well—not four months sleep regression—but he had been sleeping better, um or was getting longer stretches out of him. And I was gaining a lot of weight, even though I was out walking a lot, and I had my diet had improved from when I was pregnant because I had a lot of junk when I was pregnant so my diet was much better, I was walking a lot uh, but I was actually heavier four months postpartum than I was when I was full term with Oliver. Uh, That and I started getting really anxious and panic attacks started to happen which I hadn't really, I had never had one um, before so... I just didn't feel right so I went and got my bloods checked and it was my thyroid so at the time my thyroid was overactive so that would kind of pinpoint the anxiety and feeling like hyper all the time Um, so then I got them checked again I got it checked again three weeks later and it was underactive um, which I think which is a nod to the weight weight gain Um, and feeling sluggish and just feeling a bit crap Um, so I got it checked again three weeks later so it's Your GP checks it for a little while to see if it's imbalanced or it is just under or over. So this went on for maybe three months um, and then it was just consistently underactive. So I was put on L-throxine, a small dose to start and then it was up to 75, which is still considered a small dose. But it completely changed me. I felt so much better. Uh, It felt immediate. Um, I started to lose some weight, only a small amount of weight, uh, nothing significant. But I didn't, I wasn't gaining any more. Um and I didn't feel as sluggish. Um, my anxiety definitely uh reduced. Um, and I d- I think that was kind of because I wanted to get out and see people again when my thyroid was underactive, which I could feel. Um, I had no interest in going out and seeing other people, but when I was on the L-trop scene, um, I got f- I was interested in being sociable, and that's when I actually started up nice to meet you. So. Um, which definitely helped with, with, with just anxiety. So yeah, so once that was fixed and balanced, um, yeah, I felt felt fine, and but my supply had dropped after four months, and I think that's connected to the thyroid. At that stage, I had started introducing um, a bottle of formula, uh, because I just eat, I just didn't have enough milk. I didn't feel like I had enough milk. I was pumping, I would get maybe an ounce an ounce out. Um, Oliver, I could tell he was hungry. So uh, once the althroxine definitely helped. So just moving on from my birth story with Oliver, um, we actually experienced a miscarriage um, in May 2019. So I was 10, 10 and a half weeks pregnant at the time. Um, we found out at about f- six weeks. Felt fine, just the usual nausea. Um, but I was going out for walks, I was excited, I felt fine. Oliver was at a really nice age, um, but I was having some cramps. We'd already had it confirmed with the GP. and um, so I was good to go, the appointment in the coon was booked, uh, but I was started having some cramping. So I went, was out walking on the Saturday of the May Bank holiday weekend. Um and I had really strong, like, period style cramps. So I was a bit nervous. Um when I got home. I think we all do it in those first couple of weeks. Every time we wipe, we check is there blood on the tissue. So went to the toilet, wiped, and saw blood. So I init- I immediately knew that there was something wrong as you do, but I felt that it was I kinda knew what the what, what was going on. I don't I don't know how, but I just did. Um, so Sean was at work. I rang Sean. He came home straight away, and I went up to the coombe I didn't want anyone around me. So with Oliver's birth, that was the same. I didn't want anyone to talk to me, to touch me, to try and comfort me. And I didn't know um, that's how I deal with these things until that Sean said it to me. He said the midwife kept saying to him, "You know, rubber back," and he's like, "No, no, no, she doesn't want that." And I didn't. I never. I had never mentioned that to him. So it was the same with this. I didn't want anyone to come with me. So I drove up to the coom and um, there was a woman sitting opposite me and she was crying and she had loads of people around her and I was like, oh, maybe I, sh-. but I was to be seen next. I was like, oh, maybe I should just let her go in first. She's she's far more upset than I am. And then I just had to tell myself to cop on that I was there on my own. I needed to just squint, find out what was going on and go home. um. So I did, I went in and the doctor, she did a scan. I said, listen, there's no there's no heartbeat there, is there? And she said, I can't, I actually can't confirm that. Um, I was like, well, we, we neither of us can see a heartbeat. She said, I, I can't confirm that. So I was like, okay. And she said, you're going to have to go um for an internal scan. So I said, fine, okay. And she said, it's next Friday. And it was Saturday. Uh, so I was like, I, I need to be seen sooner than that. Like, I, I know what's going on, but I need to... I need someone to say, "Yeah, there is no heartbeat there. You've had a miscarriage," but she couldn't. Um, obviously that's just protocol. But I said to her, "Well, what's going to happen in the next few days?" And she said, "Just pop on a pad. You might bleed." So I said, "Fine." Um, and I just walked straight out. Like, I just I knew I I was just frustrated because I she she just all she had to say was, "Yeah, there's there's no heartbeat there," and listen, this is what you can expect. Um, but I was just told to put on a pad anyway. So I went home and um told Sean, so obviously the cramping increased and uh, then by Monday um I had had the miscarriage, so I actually I couldn't stand. I was bleeding so much. it was so heavy. I passed everything um including the placenta so what I was told to prepare for versus what I experienced was completely different so I was in shock I, I just on the Monday I was just in bits and I probably should have in hindsight I probably should have rang the coom and went up and said listen I should have just went up to the coom because it was the blood loss was just excessive I couldn't I couldn't stand up because I was losing so much so anyway um Monday was the worst day so um, I pretty I just had a period what it felt like a period then for the rest of the week, but I felt like my iron was low. I was really tired, but I was just trying to ignore it. So once Monday was over, I just acted like it was a period for the rest of the week, and then moved on and just got my bloods done again, just check my thyroid, and everything was fine. So we just kind of moved on from it. You know, we obviously will, even like we we'll remember that we.
1: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
3: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: End and we remember the due date and all that but we just kind of said let's just put that behind us not forget it but um we still discuss it now but it's not something that I want to think about really every day and um, so once we got everything checked again and everything was fine we said okay let's let's try again so we did and we were successful first time in this cycle so we decided to start trying in August and we got pregnant in August Um, and this time we didn't actually go for an early scan sorry, with the baby that we miscarried with we went for an early scan and um, at 7 weeks you could see a heartbeat but she couldn't hear it for some reason she couldn't pick up the sound of the heartbeat so I think that's what triggered the the doubt in me that we were going to be successful with that baby but anyway we decided on um, our most recent pregnancy that we weren't going to have an early scan, that let's just um go with the scans and the coombs so we decided to go semi-private with the coom again um, and we went and got the pregnancy confirmed with the GP and we had our 12-week scan everything was fine I felt pretty rotten this time around um, and having Oliver just whew, so like his nappies would I'd have to go run into the toilet and throw up and at this stage he was waddling not really walking but he'd come in beside me and put his hand on my back and think it was hilarious which kind of softened it a little bit, but that went on only for about nine weeks. Um, but I just I'd vomit randomly. Um, if I didn't stuff my face, I'd feel really ill. But then obviously, I would want to vomit as a result of eating so much. So yeah, that was only only lasted about nine weeks, and then I didn't really have any complaints. I'm just I'm just not very very um. Comfortable i in pregnancy, so that's how I felt straight off um with this pregnancy and having to um lift Oliver as well, and I found it quite tough. And then um, SPD hit pretty early on, so I was like maybe four months, and I could started feel I could feel it starting. So my hips started to hurt, and then like my pubic bone felt like it was going to split constantly. So we live in a three story house, um, which was obviously a bit of a struggle (laughs) so I'd be going sideways down the stairs Um, but then that passed at like 30 weeks thankfully um, I don't know whether the the position of the baby or anything helped that but the coronavirus was kind of looming around this I remember um, in October I was out at a family dinner and we were all talking about this this disease that was in China this infection that was in China and we are like oh my god and you can uh, contract it through your eyes and we are like whoa and little did we know what was ahead of us. So, um, yeah, I was three months pregnant in October. So then things, obviously, with um, coronavirus started ramping up. So I was like, oh, OK, what what do we do here? I didn't expect, like, it to go the way it did, like, with the hospitals, the restrictions there. They just had to be implemented, but it was unfortunate for everybody that they were. Um, so I went to... I was 30 weeks pregnant, and I had met... Um, Anya who is a community midwife she's a home birth midwife um, and she's quite local to me she's literally five minute drive and I'd met her through um two or three people who I had met through nice to meet you so I did the hypnobirthing myself and Sean did the hypnobirthing weekend with her and I had already considered home birth at that stage I hadn't really discussed it with Sean that much Um, I think it was because I I automatically assumed that he'd be like no um but after attending the hypnobirthing weekend he was like oh you know that w- that was cool and it really really was um she's just her level of knowledge was amazing and everything that she said just made sense um, like it's like it was nearly like common sense like oh yeah like even when she was talking about how when the baby comes down and there's a a bone at the back of our pelvis that tilts out to make room for the baby but we lie on that that bone when we're on our backs given labor given birth so that made sense to me I was like yeah well why would we why would we be on our backs then so we had had a little chat with her about home birth there and there was another couple who were um opting for home birth so it was nice to meet them uh, so yeah the hypnobirthing kind of gave us a little bit of an insight in how to deal with different different coping mechanisms and what you can actually do rather than because I had been cle- sorry at that stage I had been cleared for an epidural this time around so I knew that I had that, op- that option there if I wanted but I didn't really want to go down that route so I knew but I also wanted to cope better than I did the last time. So I knew the hypnobirthing w- would help me because we were really, I think, uh, we just really reacted well to it. It was just, n- it was nice to use the, visu- the visualisations and listen to the music and everything. So that was a really, really nice weekend. So over those few weeks then, I start- the coronavirus was really ramping up. Um, and I started thinking about home birth even more. Uh, but I said to Sean, I actually can't see myself giving birth in the sitting room, which means I can't do it. So I put it out of my head um, and then I started to revisit. I was like, oh, no, I actually can see myself giving birth in the sitting room now. I can see the pool. I can see where it's going to go. I can see where everything is going to go. So maybe that means I, I'm ready to do it. Um, so just says, I just want to I just want to have a chat with Anya, which I understood. So Anya came over and the two of them chatted away. And she answered every single question that he had. Um so we decided to go ahead. We decided, okay, we're gonna go for a home birth. And I was so excited and I felt really relieved. Um, it was something that I was gonna do even before the coronavirus hit. So I think it was just um it wasn't a choice that I made because of the coronavirus. That was obviously definitely a factor, but I I was gonna do it i think i was going to do it um before the coronavirus anyway i had uh, spoken to the consultant before and i said listen with the way things are going i've been considering home birth i was considering home birth prior to this do you think it would be um a wise option she was like i never even thought of it but yeah so i i was really i was delighted to have her support because it's not always the case um, so she signed it off there and then she said if there was anyone who was a candidate for it it would be you so that was great so that just gave me a boost as well So I, I knew we were making the right decision so then we told my my parents um, who were not shocked but they were just they we, we needed to tell them um the procedures and we told them all about Anya about the service and how amazing the service is and a lot of us don't know a lot about it. So then they were delighted with our choice. They trusted our choice, um, and yeah, we didn't really tell many people. I told a few neighbors here. I didn't want anyone to come down and s- to see an ambulance arrive outside the door um, and be worried and not know what like why it was there. Um, so we just got everything ready. Then we got the house ready, which was really exciting. I loved kind of like I loved getting our bedroom ready and knowing that we didn't have to go to hospital so like after the birth that would be the next place that we'd go and it'd be lovely clean clean sheets everything ready for us and the new new baby <clears throat> so yeah we got everything ready we got a, a pool off Gwen who I previously interviewed um, she's actually our first interview she's a home birth as well she had a home birth as well so um, I used her pool um, and we got all the other bits and pieces we needed so the pool liner the Hose the hose attachments so we were we were good to go we did a trial run we knew how long everything would take so Ani was doing her um visits and she did she saw me every two weeks and then she saw me weekly um, 36, 37, 38 39 weeks so I had I had Oliver of her 38 weeks so I really expected for some reason that I would go early with Eva as well um, at this stage we didn't know whether we were having a boy or a girl so At like 35 weeks I started having, not a show but I started passing, I had a bit of my plug every now and then um, but I never had a show like I did with Oliver Um, but I just, I was starting to find it difficult to walk, I felt really really uncomfortable, I felt like I had a baby between my legs all the time, Um, like I was trying to bring Oliver out for as many walks as I could because I knew it would be more difficult, I thought it would be more difficult with a second baby, it's not by the way. so I was trying to go for walks town, but I was literally waddling and I couldn't go very far. I'd bring him out with his car, toy car and then I'd have to have him and the toy car under my arms because he wouldn't come home. You know, I just couldn't do it anymore. So um, both myself and Anya thought I was going to go much sooner than I did. So she was doing her checks, everything was fine. Baby was really, really low every time. Um, And then... uh. I was having, so I had Braxton Hicks pretty much the whole way through the pregnancy. So, But they were, again, they weren't painful. But I was having false labour pains for for about two weeks beforehand. So I'd go to bed and I would be fully prepared to go into labour because I would have, I'd be having these gentle surges. They weren't painful, but they were there. I'd start timing them, they wouldn't progress. I'd, w- I'd fall asleep and I'd wake up and they'd be gone. So this happened for about two weeks and it was so frustrating I'd constantly think, I was just exhausted from like the excitement. I think, okay, this is it, this is it. And it would just, it just wouldn't happen. And I remember on his last visit, it would have been 39 weeks. She's like, this is going to happen. I promise this is going to happen. Because I actually felt that it just wasn't going to happen. And even though like it obviously was, I just nearly lost hope. Um, And then at 39 and five, I was up in bed and 12 o'clock. I felt a surge and I was like oh that's different that's a definitely a different one to the ones that I had for the last few days and um, so I didn't say anything to Sean I just lay there silently and I started timing and I was like oh no this is the real deal so I woke Sean up at a half one so listen I'm like I think I'm in labour so I rang on you and because they were quite uh close together and um, but they weren't that long uh so she said, "Listen, ring me again. Do you want me to come over?" I said, "No, I'm just letting you know." Um, I don't like. I didn't like making that phone call. I felt like I was. I did wake her up, but afterwards I was like, "Oh God, what if I don't go into labor? Like, actually, active labor for a long time." But anyway, I um. So that that continued. Uh, she said, "When they got when they get longer and shorter, ring me again." So I said, "Okay." So I went back to bed, um, lay there for a while, and then they just got really, really painful. So. I had a plan in my head when, when I started, when I was in labour that the two of us would get up and we'd change the bed sheets and have the room ready and we'd play, we had a playlist um, and that's exactly what we did, Oliver didn't hear us, he was downstairs asleep and um, so we just pottered around the room, changed the bed sheets, I put on a necklace that my friend got me It says Mama, I said I'd said to myself when I'm in labour I'm going to put that on so I did and um, and I had pyjamas that I, that I want comfortable clothes that I wanted to change into. So I put them on. And then um, after about four o'clock we went downstairs. In the morning we went downstairs and we just got started getting the room ready and the house ready. And it was really nice because we're very rarely downstairs without Oliver. But he was sound asleep and we were just potting around. Um, I was on the ball. I had friends on. Sean was just getting everything ready. And then at about um, six o'clock we got the pool up um and Oliver was starting to stir so my surges um, started to taper off so I knew that in my head uh, we had already arranged that my parents would take Oliver and um, they were obviously isolating in preparation for this so I knew that my parents had to come we had to get Oliver ready to go so that was kind of stalling things a little bit so we ran my parents and they came and they took Oliver but the minute I, so I rang my mum and the minute I heard her voice I just started crying and I was like you need to come get Oliver and she knew okay okay and she knew what was going on so she came and she took Oliver and Oliver was delighted Sure, he who's going off with his granny and grandad um, and then when they closed the front door we were like oh okay this is it and everything picked up then so um, yeah it got really intense and at about 10 o'clock Anya came and she checked me and I was actually 4 centimeters dilated and it was a huge like it was a huge difference to with Oliver. I was only three centimetres and I was in. I was just such a mess. So I didn't really know what was going on. But this time I actually wanted Sean with me through every surge. I needed him actually. So he would um, talk me through the visualisations that we'd practice. Um, and it was it was crazy because if you said to me before that I'd be like tapped into that. I'd be like, yeah, right, Grant. But I completely was. And it completely changed the experience for me. So um, we had been just walking around the house. Um, as I said, watching friends. Eating a bag of Starbursts. Having tea and toast. Just pottering around. And it was a gorgeous day outside. So we had the back door open. Um, and I was walking in and around there. And then um only said, listen. When you are not smiling between these surges. It's go time. Because I was able to have a laugh with her in between the surges. But then when they came. It was obviously complete silence, and um, so she said, "Do a few things for me. Get out your scarf, and um, get on the ball, up and down the stairs, sideways, and get on the toilet, facing the wall." Now I knew whatever Ani told me to do, I was just going to do, because that's what I had to do, and um, to help things along. So we did everything, and then we did the final thing, which was the dreaded sitting on the toilet backwards. <laughs> Like I, I was fully prepared for it to be excruciating and it was, but it just, it's, it just helps things along so much. So I was sat in the toilet backwards and Sean actually was just telling me stories <laughs> of what life was going to be like with our two kids instead of one. And he told me the nicest stories and it just totally took my focus away. So I was obviously like geared up for this pain that I was about to feel with every surge on the toilet, but I didn't. Obviously I felt the pain, but I could breathe through it and we were just chatting about what life was going to be like with two kids and how nice it's going to be. So that was the difference in comparison to Oliver's labour where I couldn't even look at anyone. Um so then I started vomiting violently. I just couldn't stop it. It was like the exorcist. So I knew then that we were getting really close and Sean rang on you and she came out and I didn't even I didn't even notice her there. I was just pottering around. I was actually doing laps of the island um, and stopping for every surge and Sean would run in and I was still timing the surges at this stage and Sean was like, listen, I think you could actually stopped doing that now. And I was like, well, did only say? He like, said, yeah, you're, not, you're fine now. So I just obviously stopped then um, <clears throat> but I really felt like I needed to get into the pool. So Sean was filling up the pool I went in just to say hi to Ani and then I got into the pool and the relief was immediate like it was just so nice to feel that lovely warm water it was just like it was you're basically fully submerging it up into just below your boobs and it was just lovely and, and I just lay there for a few minutes and I had a few surges and then Ani said why don't you pop up onto your knees and I did and I lay my arms across the side of the pool and then Brenda, our second midwife, came in and she was she just flew in. That's what I felt. I didn't even see her face. Um, she just came in and then she just placed her hand on my back on pressure points. <coughs> excuse me. I was ticking on my back and telling me just to visualize being a flare opening. And I did. And then she said, and do your horse lips." And I, <laughs> Sean laughs about it now because he said I was such a pro. I've never done horse lips before. I did exactly what Brenda told me to do did the horse lips like I'd done them all my life. But now I understand the logic behind it. Apparently it relaxes your jaw and relaxes everything the whole way through. So did the horse lips, just did whatever I was told because I trusted them so much. Um, And I could feel, so I felt my legs again. So I felt like my legs were breaking into smithereens, which is similar to what I had with Oliver. Which is when I know I'm getting really, really close. So then I felt like I needed to push. So Sean was at my front and he was just... I just remember him being there, I don't remember if he said anything but I just remember him being just to the right of my face so I started, I said I was doing my up breathing throughout like the labour to help me through the surges and then I said to Oni, do you think I can do, when well, I do my down breathing and she was like, if you like, basically like, whatever your body's telling you to do, just do it and that's all I needed to hear, if she said yes to me I would have been like, right, down breathing, I'm going to start now but how she said it, it was just like if you like, like, okay, yeah no I would actually like to do it, so I started the down breathing, and then that just was the game changer. Then that was time to time to go. I just felt um, Eva's head coming down. I felt her head there. Um, I was. I just went with my body. So I was pushing. Um, and what I felt, what I thought I was pushing, it was was her head. Was actually her waters. So she was born in her in her sack. So I. The two girls I could actually see her head in her sack when I pushed out her head. So I remember at one stage I felt like I had like their diameter. Their whole their circumference of her head was just sitting there, half in, half out, and I was like, Oh mother of God Like do I have to wait for a whole for another what? Three minutes before my next surge comes to push the rest, right? I was like, Okay, no, well, that's what I have to do. So I was just I was just lying there and then I then the next surge came, so okay, and then her head popped out and then I could actually feel her heartbeat against me and um, inside me because she was obviously uh, her head was out and her chest was it was against me so I could feel her heartbeat and it was so strange but it was that quiet it was that um, it was just a lovely environment we you could have heard a pin drop but it was really really relaxed so then um, I just heard Anya say here's baby and she came up in front of me and I held her I sat back and she came on my chest and she had the, <coughs> excuse me, the membranes um, of the sack on her face. So we actually have a video of me giving birth. Brenda took one, um, which I'm so grateful for because I watch it all the time and cry, obviously. But I took the membranes off her face and Sean actually touched it and said it's like silk. Um, yeah, so that was that was amazing. Um, and we just sat there. I sat in the pool for maybe 20 minutes and she latched on straight away. Um, And it was like it was it was just surreal like that it was like okay I have just gave birth in my sitting room and it wasn't it wasn't stressful I don't I wouldn't consider it as painful as Oliver's labour and birth because I wasn't as stressed so my body wasn't wasn't tight and I had the support of the two girls I had the support of Sean and I wanted it like I was receiving it whereas um, with Oliver I didn't I didn't want it So we then um, got me up on the couch, uh, both myself (coughs) and Eva up on the couch, while I went through the final stage, so delivering my placenta. So I just lay on the couch, and um, I only was only afterwards, after the placenta was out. Yeah, no, we cut the cord. We'd cut the cord in the pool, so the placenta was out. I said, "Oh, you didn't give me an injection, did you?" And she said, "No." So I remember in the coom they give you an injection. And I had nothing at home. And it wasn't afterwards. I was like that was completely natural. There was nothing involved there whatsoever. <clears throat> whatsoever. So I was. Because that's what I wanted originally with Oliver. But I was so caught up in everything. That I just didn't even. Didn't even enter my head to say no. I'd actually prefer not to have the eject- injection. Um, and then I, ha- I actually had a second degree tear. Um I didn't feel myself tear with Eva. I did, as I said, with, with Oliver. And I think that's due to the fact that I in my positioning. So I could feel Eva's head coming out. I didn't really feel Oliver's head coming out. I only felt the tear. Whereas with Eva, I felt her head and didn't feel the tear. So that was because I was forward rather than on my back. Um, but Anya just stitched me up there and then on the couch. Um, but the, the only thing is with, I think it's just with second with subsequent pregnancies is the after pains were shocking like I couldn't I couldn't focus on anything else for a few minutes because they were so painful and um, and obviously when Eva was feeding um your uterus my uterus was shrinking which was causing the pains to be even more severe it was awful extra painkillers um, and I felt like I was kind of get annoyed at myself because I was focusing, focusing on the pain but I was like just enjoy what what's going on right now so Sean then came in with the to- toasted ham and cheese sandwich which we discussed beforehand, and then he was outside having some with the girls. And I was I rang my parents on Viber when Sean came back in and did a, a like a voice call. And my mum thought I was just ringing to have a moan that I was in labour. And I, we actually it was just it was the three of us. So that was really really cool. Um, and uh, Brenda actually came in to show me the placenta, which was which was deadly because our our first midwife had done that as well. Um, and <clears throat> so it was cool to see where. The two babies had lived. Um, So yeah, I was on the couch for a couple of hours actually. And then um, Anya and Sean just cleared up the room. And then Anya left after a couple of hours and it was just Sean and I. Um, Before, we were kind of nervous because we were like, oh God, you know, we don't have a bell to ring in case we want someone. But when it came to it, we were fine. We actually just went upstairs um, and we had a pizza. We'd ordered a pizza and we slept that night. Eva slept that night. Um, and it was just so relaxed it was bizarre like when you think about it you just build something up in your head so much Um, but when it actually happened it was just so relaxed there was no we weren't hyper about anything um, there was a few things that we would have been anxious about alright thinking about it but I think we were just overthinking and it was just the most relaxed few days um, we didn't really experience the, the second night syndrome so like Eva fed every three hours and she she'd feed, she'd burp and she'd go straight back to sleep. So like it was it was just so um so different to our experience with taking Oliver home. Um but Anya came to visit us the following day and then she came to visit me uh every two days after that. So she'd do a check on Eva and she'd do um a check on me. And we'd just have a little chat every time she's here and she'd kinda just check on your welfare as well and just see how you're getting on. And um the only thing the only thing was so my when i was feeding oliver my nipples were really bad for about a week so i had cut down each nipple and they were bleeding um now they did heal it was like it was just a switch went to they did heal quickly so within like 24 hours i could see after a week within 24 hours i could see like an improvement an immediate improvement um and then they just healed so this time around i had the same like i had bruising on both nipples and a cut on one and Oni oh, like, just get that breast milk out and le- let your, like, hand express and let the milk sit there, which is what I did. And then she looked at, my, looked at Eva's latch and just adjusted slightly, um, which made the world a difference. So again, within, so I, it was quite bad for about a week, 10 days. And then all of a sudden, it just rectified itself. So that was really the only issue. Um, Bleeding was far less than what I had with Oliver. I bled with Oliver for... Probably a good five six weeks, and with Eva, by the time I was signed off with Anya, which was, um, two weeks, it had pretty much disappeared. So that was just again, I I just I don't know what that is, why that was, um. But it was just completely different. And my stitches, I'm always conscious as as is everyone is after they have, um, stitches after having a baby. You're super conscious of them. You're super conscious of yourself in there. So I was a bit self conscious and did feel, um, a bit funny. But they were fine, like the stitches were, were fine and everything. It's fine now. So um I didn't have any I had no issues and the breastfeeding is still going great. Um my thyroid I just got checked, so hopefully I'll have the results in a few days. But I think I think it's been a success all round as as far as I'm aware and Sean Sean um thinks that Eva is such a chilled out baby, which she she really is, um, because of the whole experience and I'm definitely I know we are on our second child, um, so that you are a, a lot more relaxed. But I definitely feel far more chilled out um, than I know I would have been if I went, went into the coom. I really feel for those women that have had to go into the coom without the support of their partners. It just breaks my heart. Um, it's such a huge, it's just a massive experience to go through. And especially if it's not the experience that you hoped for. Uh, you really need the support of your partner so I hope those women have found some sort of comfort and I think offloading it you can go into the coom and actually get a debriefing of your birth so I know that helps a lot of people and some people find it quite cathartic so if that's what you need to do then make your appointment and go in and I'm not sure if it's you can available at the moment but it's definitely something that helps mums or even just chat to a friend and tell them that you're going to go into detail but that's what you need to do um, especially if you've had a traumatic birth or a birth that wasn't necessarily what you'd hoped for. Um but that's that's my my story. Um I hope you enjoyed it. i recorded it a few times, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um so if you want to share your story, I'd love to hear from any of the other mums who had their babies throughout the coronavirus. Um um it might help other women who are about to go through the same thing, so just pop me an email at nice to meet you irl at gmail.com or you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks a million.
3: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times.